Okay, boom. So I'm assuming Joe and Polly are in here, right? Hello? 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 Yo. Yo. DJ, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I can hear you. It just sounds really low. Okay, hold on. Uh, I'm going to try to fix that. Give me one second. Uh, hey, Paul, is Paul in here? I am. Oh my! Yeah, I can barely hear you guys. Says right, we have on. says we have six people. Yeah, we do. Actually, hold on. Give me a second. <coughs> These are six person. Let me see. We have. Let me see. Hold on. It's me, Adam. Oh, there we TJ, go. Jay, Paul. Yeah, and Joe. Yeah, only five. What? Yeah, it does say six people. What is that? I There's an echo too. Yeah, I hear it too. I. Yeah, there's an echo, and I can barely hear you guys. It's, like, really low. I can hear you fine, now that I finally got in. I can hear fucking echo. Yeah, hold on, hey, so, hey, so TJ, hold on, give me, give me one moment. Sure. Okay, we're going to try this again. All right, so, uh, Joe, do I still sound low to you? Yeah, I can't barely hear you. Is it just me, or is it everyone else? No, it's everybody. Last time, it was perfectly loud. Now I can't barely hear you guys saying anything. Like, how bad is it on a scale from 1 to 10? I mean, I'm just going to put everything on mute so I can hear you guys. Okay. Okay. Hey, so, Joe, can you, I mean, uh, Paul, can you hear me fine? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I just, okay. every time I talk, it's a echo. Okay. Hopefully yeah, mine it shows that you're in here twice, Paul. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, uh, what about you, Adam? How do I sound? You sound fine to me. One, okay. one Paul TJ, went away. What about, what about you, TJ? How do I sound? I can hear everybody just fine. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, hold on, I'm just going to join back in. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. But, oh. Yeah, he was saying it's super low, just like what I got. You want to try to go back and join back in, Joe? Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. All right. Whew, I got um holy smokes. Oh man. I'm surprised your confidence call is done, bro. Me too. They usually run a little longer. <laughs> I know, ironic. The night that you probably couldn't do it. You're like, oh okay, we're done. Sweet. Right. Right. All right, I can hear you guys better now. Okay, awesome. Great. Oh, awesome. Okay, Paul, how do we sound, buddy? Mm, I mean, you're low. Well, hold on. Turn my volume back up. Speak again. Okay. Echo. One, two, three. One, two, three. All right. You sound good. I don't hear an echo, so. Okay. Perfect. Let's go. Yeah, yeah Adam's right, so... electronic and it's got AIDS. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> so we're going to make a smooth transition from that. All right. So um, welcome, welcome, everybody, to the 11th episode of the Orbs for Days Clan podcast. I'm your host, Wayne01193, and we have our usual co-host in the building, Navy Man 914 Superfly Manai, Grimbones, say what's good up. What's good up? <laughs> I like how Adam didn't say anything. I said Superfly, say what's good. I'm not Superfly. Bro, I, I said all oh, y'all yeah, as a collective. Oh, my God. Jeez. Get with the program. And we got a special guest. Uh, his name is TJ, but he's also known as Solar Grimoire. I hate your name. But what's good, TJ? <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay, so, look, a uh, quick tip. <laughs> I'm thrilled. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so quick tip, buddy. Uh Normally, like, we're going to try to not talk over each other because when that happens, it just cancels the sound out uh, in the podcast, and we want to just avoid that. So we're going to try to do things in an orderly fashion uh, so everyone's opinions can be heard. And uh, we're going to try to make this, you know, not super long. To be honest, it could be like 40 minutes tops, you know, since you're a guest today. Okay? All right. All right. I'm so glad to have you, dude. Yeah. So how was everyone's day besides Joe and Paul? I know y'all answered me. Adam, how was your day, man? Uh, so far, so good. I was able to jump about 12 light on my high warlock and about 25 or 30 on my hunter. Oh, so you was grinding, bro. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Hey, TJ, okay. what about you, man? How was your day? Pretty good. I was on the grind all day. Got up five on my Titan for the rest of the raid tonight. Oh, nice. Heck yeah, bro. 
right, well, speaking of Ray, uh, that is actually our first, you know, transition into the topics of the podcast. So we have four total podcasts, uh, four total topics in this podcast. Uh, we got, we're going to talk about our raid experience, the nerf of the sleeper simulant in uh, Gambit, uh, masterwork farming, which, you know, TJ happened to bring up. And number four, people paying for the broadsword pulse rifle and Luna's Howl hand cannon quest. Uh, Joe's going to lead on that topic. So we're going to get right into it. So we're going to go right to the raid. Uh, I'll tell you about our raid experience. Well, actually, I'll have TJ. Since you're the guest, uh, I'm going to try to have you go first and foremost in the conversation. And then I'll go. Then, you know, Adam, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, TJ, um, talk about your raid experience in this new uh, dreaming city. Talk, talk about it. All right. Well. I think it's a big step in the right direction. The last few raids have just been, I don't know, too easy, I guess. Uh, not mechanically heavy enough. This one's been really enjoyable so far, even though we've only done the two encounters. I like the mechanics. doesn't seem to be overly difficult, and it's bringing back where communication is a key factor, which we haven't really dealt with in a large abundance since, like, the Taken King raid. I don't know. I'm just, I'm enjoying the mechanics so far. Okay, cool. That's what's up. Next year. Yeah. I'm with you on that as well. I did talk about that earlier. Um, I really am enjoying the mechanics. It's, it's really not that hard, but at the same time, right. I do enjoy a little bit of a challenge. Um, it's really fun. Um, and for those listeners that don't know, uh, the raid uh, is called the last wish and it's in the dreaming city. So this is a part of the uh, new forsaken campaign of destiny Two. And uh, it's amazing. I love it. Um, I still reminisce on the Destiny 1 raids and how much fun I had. And uh, so far, Destiny 2 has been getting better and better. And thus far, uh, these raids that have been coming in Destiny 2, this is the best so far. I'm enjoying it a lot. And once we complete it, I'm sure we'll definitely be going back in and we'll understand the mechanics, et cetera, et cetera. But I enjoyed it. We, we didn't finish it. We, we only beat the first two encounters. As a matter of fact, we beat the second encounter for the first time yesterday. And we're going to try to continue it tonight. So I kind of have to do a little bit of homework on the third encounter, which I did not do. Yeah, but I'm excited. It's just mentally exhausting. But it's still a good time. Adam, what do you think? What was your uh, first – how was your raid experience? Uh, it was good. I mean, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, again, I mean, we still got, what, three encounters left? So I guess we'll see. I'll wait to uh, judge it entirely until we complete that. But so far, it's uh, – it's not challenging in terms of difficulty, but it's one of those you definitely have to be quick. So it's one of those that you have to be very good at thinking on your feet and kind of communicating, um, you know, like we found out yesterday with the whole little puzzles and everything. So, yeah, I like it. All right, that's true, yeah. All right, what about you, Joe? Go ahead. So I like how we're incorporating the raid back into the storyline, right? Because uh, the last raid it was just kind of like, okay, well, you got a storyline, the Red War, and it had nothing to do with the raid, really. You just kind of had this, like, offshoot storyline. So now everything's coming back together. The home world, the Dreaming City, changes as people progress in the raid, which is interesting to me. You know, the environment actually changes. This week we saw, like, um, there's all this, like, taken blight, like, kind of floating around all over the place. So the map is changing, which is a new, new thing for me. Um, in any game, really. It's just kind of like growing with it. The storyline as well, so you have the story missions, that changes. Um, I'm really interested to see where they're going with it. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be one of those like Marvel Avengers time loop reset storyline type thing, but uh, yeah, I'm curious. And uh, like you were saying before, the storyline with the raid, um, as we do the different cutscenes running between areas is good. And uh, I like that we've got, we've gotten to the point now to where we're able to do the right amount of damage to the boss, but the only reason why we're failing is because we're not getting things right on the money. Um, so that's a good feeling, I think. Yeah, I concur. Also, I like what you said. I like the fact that uh, you pointed out that there's a correlation with uh, the, you know, the the story that we played before we got into the raid, and it's actually true. You know, I'm glad that you know there's there's an actual effect on the rest of the open world, even after and before you completed the campaign. And there's like a, a three week loop, you know, and it's like a thing going on with like, you know, the Sabathun, you know, boss, the witch, and, 
you know, how she's getting power and, you know, I don't know. I enjoy the lore behind it and how it's connected to like the story, the story with that we play. Go ahead, Paul. What's your experience like? Um, uh, pretty similar to Joe's. So for the most part, I would say I like that the raid correlates to the storyline. I like that. It feels like an addition to it. Um, and then I guess for the cons, I just kind of want to say, like, with the raid armor, still, I know they're giving us these mods that to do more damage or to get our, our class ability back or our grenade ability back if we do certain things. But there's still no raid-specific perks um, on the armor sets. And I was kind of thinking about it, like, all right, well, what could they even have? Because it doesn't really seem like there's any, like, specific task that we are doing in the raid. I don't know. Maybe, you know... Maybe you take less damage when you're holding one of the little crystals. That way you don't die as fast on the plate or something like that. I don't know. I mean, there's like little things they might be able to do, but I guess in a sense there's not. I just want to see what they kind of do moving forward because uh, I don't know if you guys have heard or not, but there is not going to be a prestige mode for the raid, and you're basically going to have to work off the triumphs, um, whether it's like Petra's where if one person dies, the entire fire team goes back to orbit or like completing encounters with the raid where everybody's the same uh, class or I guess like elemental class. So either all solar, all void, all art, things like that. Um, Which I think is cool. And I think Bungie said they're going to be doing that because they want to keep doing the raid lairs or the dungeons. I guess I should call it now the three man raid encounters that they're trying to do um, as well as whisper like quests. That's going to be their trade-off because they can't sit there and, you know, do prestige modes all the time if they want to pump out additional content like that, which I feel like the trade-off is definitely worth it. I mean, you do the raid, you do the raid. If you want to make it challenging on yourself or you want to use different loadouts, do it on your own time type of thing. That's how I feel about it. Um, But overall, raid experience has been pretty good. I know we haven't gotten there yet, uh, but I'd like to see what the other encounters have for us. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, next we're going to talk about, you know, a little bit of Gambit and, you know, the sleeper controversy that's in that. So uh, I'm going to read this from the uh, Bungie Twab and uh, it's it's talking about um, quitter protection. Okay. So Bungie said, we're currently developing a change to Gambit matchmaking that will help with the extended load time some players have been experiencing. When we, when this change is released, we will be re-enabling quitter penalties for the Gambit playlist. However, we have increased the number of games players can leave before they are restricted from the playlist. We're making changes to help, you know, uh, uh, mitigate uh, some situations where bad internet connectivity results in a restriction. So that's good that they're giving us a little bit of grace uh, concerning that, which is good. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, I thought there always was a quitter protection. I, I was, uh, I, I left the game at match once and, you know, I, I had a warning, but only left once so i don't really didn't really test uh, i didn't test those boundaries any further after that um and also uh this guess this pertains to any heavy weapon but since we're since we brought up sleeper um power ammo crate changes uh to help balance some weapons of course they're only talking about one weapon uh they're changing the amount of ammo that you will receive when opening an ammo crate with certain weapons equipped sleep sleep sleeper simulant ammo uh, crate so a sleeper simulant ammo crate will grant two shots down from four and swords ammo crate will grant 12 sword ammo up to up from six okay so uh that's interesting enough um we talked about this before you know the, a lot of there's a lot of issues we talked about this i think during the last podcast there was a lot of issues with sleeper simulant it you know one shooting people in gamut people and people evading People getting shot immediately. We all thought about different ideas. I think this is a good idea. Um, I happen to bring this up. I, I, I brought up, you know, a couple ideas, but I believe this is the most efficient way of doing it. Um, you know, don't nerf the gun because I don't think the gun is the problem. Like, if you keep nerfing stuff just because someone complains about it, um, that's, that's not really the way to go about it. I think the problem was just the game mode itself. And the game mode, you know, supplied just a little too much heavy ammo, like by default. So, let us have the gear that, you know, provides, let us have the gear with the mods that provides us, you know, to get more heavy. Sure. I think that's completely fine. And that makes the game more fun and creative. But when it comes to the game, okay, just restrict the game, actually the game mode, giving you 
you know, X amount of ammo because let's be honest, I rocked the sleeper simulant finally and it is amazing in there. It's like easy mode. Like I'm not even afraid anymore when people come to invade. Not afraid. I go in, you know, to invade, no problem. I get it's easy. And um I kinda hate myself for it. Just kidding. No, I don't really give a crap anymore. But it's a it's a, it's uh I think that's something that they need to change. So TJ, uh firsthand, what do you think about this change regarding, you know, the power ammo crate changes? I mean, I think it was, I don't want to say needed, but it's. I just don't know how much change in the economy is actually going to help. If you think about it, when we play Gambit, we generally have pretty much one dude that's doing all the invading. So as long as we keep feeding him the power ammo to invade, it's still going to result in the same thing. We might have to change tactics inside our own arena where we all use swords for our heavies or something like that, so we have a bunch of ammo for boss DPS at the end or whatever. But I personally don't think it's going to change a whole lot. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I hear you on that. Uh, thinking, thinking about it like that, I don't think it's going to change a whole lot either. Um, but I do think it will help out just a little in terms of, so, like, n- not everyone hits their sleeper shot on point. So, that yes. True. I think I think I think in addition to that, they need to reduce how many times ammo comes in to so they can control that a little more. So not only reduce the amount that you get from getting heavy ammo from the map, but also reduce uh, uh, or, or increase the time that ammo loads in the uh, the gambit. So, you know, they're not just like, you know, taking a bunch of heavy ammo and still doing the same thing. Maybe even though they're getting less of it, but if, like, I agree with you on that. If less, if, if they have one guy designated, you know, getting sleeper to invade, then it won't really make much of a difference. So um, maybe right. hopefully if they, you know, just increase the time that in between that the heavy ammo shows up when someone grabs it, I think that will definitely uh, have an impact because it'll, it'll make you think about what you should grab as well. But anyway, I right. like that they're doing that. But, okay, good. Uh, Adam, what's your take on this power ammo crate change? Eh, whatever. I mean, if they want to give me less ammo in my sleeper, I'll still kill people with it. Yeah, touche. All right, Joe, what you think? Uh, so, I mean, with with any of the changes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still at that same point, like, we've discussed every time we've talked about, like, metas, or, like, hey, this thing's, like, worse than that. Like, you know... Li- you think about like sleeper simulant it's just like all right you let's just that's just one of the tools of the trade you know what what's the top stuff leave it the top stuff leave the stats the same so i can adapt to it you know um i mean I, when i think about like the sleeper simulant debacle that we have now it's kind of like okay well if someone's coming at me with a sword and i kill him with a gun do i really care if the dude as he's dying the guy that tried to kill me with the gun he's like oh you use the meta no i don't care I killed that guy. Like my goal is to kill that guy. So when people complain about like, oh, sleepers like OP and all this other stuff, like, all right, well, I mean, it is what it is. You know, you can work things around it. If I have a sword and I'm going against the guy with a gun, then I can hide around a thing and freaking hit that dude. But then they're gonna be like, oh, well, that guy's camping. Like, people are gonna complain about whatever, man. Uh, as far as like limiting the ammo thing. I mean, half the time I'm not getting power ammo and gambit anyhow because people are douches whenever I play with them and I'm not playing with you guys. So I've been killing people with other stuff anyhow. So, you know, I'm still getting me and mines, but that's just my opinion. I'm just kind of indifferent about it. It doesn't really make an impact on me at all. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of agree a little bit there, too, uh, regarding, like, adapting to it because I was always worried that, like, oh, when I was this, you know. I, but I think that's why I advocated about not – just leave the gun alone. Stop nerfing things. It's, unless it's like crazy. Like, obviously, it's the game mode because no one complained about Sleeper Simulant before Gambit. Right. That's the point I'm making. So leave the gun alone. Yes. Well, and then you've got like the lore behind it too, right? So Rasputin made this like ultimate weapon or this ultimate weapon sets and all that stuff. It's like, well, yeah, if I got, if I got hit right in the face with a gigantic laser, I'm probably gonna die (laughs) yeah like like you know me i I get i'm very competitive and very uh, excited (laughs) per se uh when i'm in you know when i'm in competitive mode like the same thing goes for telesto you know or whatever i mean nothing seems too outlandish and crazy 
you know, in terms of what, what people may use that happens to be powerful or the path of least resistance. But I'm going to stop talking for a moment. Paul, share your opinion on it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, so I've already given my opinion on the sleeper uh, in previous podcasts, but I guess what it comes down to is it's still going to be there, like TJ saying. Like, it's not changing, and it's not going away, and it's still going to be a top meta weapon. So, like, as far as Joe and TJ, what they're saying, like, we don't have to worry about having to change our tactics or adjusting. Like, it's still there. There's no change. The issue I think that it brings, at least for a lot of people, is that it's just not fun. When you, if some dude invades and he kills, he gets quad killed, the entire team, with a sniper, it's like, damn, that dude's good at sniping. Mm -hmm. But when someone invades and kill, like, team wipes you with a sleeper, the skill gap is, like, just non-existent. Like, it's not fun to lose when you have like absolute disadvantage like that all right um, the gun is street pilot that's what people have an issue with is that it's the fun factor is literally going away in gambit because of a weapon where in crucible you wouldn't really feel the same way about sleeper because you know heavy's just not ex- like as common like that um, no but you feel that way about the graviton and vigilance but they didn't do shit with that that's not true. I never had discomfort towards the uh, Vigilance Wing. And the Graviton, it just, it needed a little bit of tweaking, but I think they fixed it when they made, when they buffed all weapons to get that same damage output on uh, precision hits. So there w- that was the only issue with the Graviton. Um, but there were still other weapons you could use to beat the Graviton at the time. It may have been the Vigilance, but I never saw somebody with the vigilance wing and was like, "Oh no, I can't play PVP. Like, I'm gonna die." Like, yeah, I'd still kill them. Because- but again, if you're good with a sniper now, you can take someone out who has a sleeper before they get their shot off because the sniper is instantaneous. It just depends because do you know how many times I die from a sleeper and when I'm like well behind cover? The sniper has skill. The sniper the sleeper- you can't snipe somebody behind a wall. Like the hitbox is just completely different. And even when they nerf it, I still wonder how it's going to affect because the sleeper still is probably going to have a large hitbox. On top of that, if you invade and you have four shots and you can see exactly where we are, a lot of people don't even care. They literally peek and fire. And if you're behind cover, you're behind cover. But they're still just like, I mean, it's just like, it's just because it's a one shot kill no matter where it hits you, regardless, even if it hits you or not. Like if you're like behind cover or it, hits like the grass next to you or whatever it's just it's just not fun that's what we're having hits you in the pinky toe and your head blows off yeah and then you have other then you have other linear fusions that even if you like unless you get a direct headshot you're not getting that kill and those are also heavy weapons yeah but again it's an exotic heavy and like joe was saying it's a it is you know the rasputin's like you know, pri- you know, biggest weapon, like the most advanced weapon Rasputin gave to us. That it's, you know, so yeah, it's powerful. Okay, what about the I, Whisper of the Worm? That is I agree. The, yeah. Ultimate sword logic weapon right there. And yeah. it still doesn't shoot people through walls. It still doesn't have a hitbox the size of like three guardians standing side by side. Right. I so can't tell you how many you guys this, if, if you don't mind, just because you guys are, you know, I, I hear both you guys' points. So I'm just kind of curious. Would you guys, would your opinions change if sleeper stimulant, sleeper stimulant was harder to get? So say like you had to do really well in Crucible and like also if there was like a really extremely hard quest line for it, would you guys feel different about it? Because less people would have it. Um, no, I wouldn't necessarily feel different. I like that everybody has access to it because if it's going to be this ultimate being of a weapon, mm-hmm. Everybody needs equal fairness to use it. If then you if you took this weapon and then gave it to the only the most skilled PvP players, like that would be even worse, I think. Yeah. Okay. I was just wondering. Well, TJ, you got any comments on that? Hi, TJ. Uh, <clears throat> I agree with Paul on the situation. I can't tell you how many times I have shot a sleeper round, and I say to myself, "God damn, I can't believe that hit that guy." 
that was, you know what I mean? Like, how the hell? I don't need, I didn't, I was not expecting that to hit him. If anything, they should have made the weapon more like a sniper. You have to have a lot more skill to use it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm always going to be indifferent about it. Uh, I, I, I'll be lying to say it is not fun. I mean, I'm, I'm not be lying to say uh, it's fun when I get killed with a sleeper. Like, oh, it's fine. You know, I get it. You know, it, it is the most annoying to get killed with. But um, for the most part, I'm still standing by that. Um, it just, it is what it is. I, I really think like ammo is everything. If there's no ammo in the gun, then the gun, the gun is worthless. Right. So if you control how much ammo you get and how often and how often you have access to it, yeah, that will change things. I think that I think you need a combination of both in order for it to be actually really effective. Because since this is Gambit, there's a PVE and PVP uh, mechanic involved. So you have to consider that hey, you know, uh, I, I, people use sleeper for the boss, and yes, people also use the Aquilos shotgun, which is amazing by the way on the boss. But still, so amazing in Guardians. Say that again. It also does a good job at taking off Guardians' heads. It's actually really ridiculous how much range that gun really has. I saw there was like a, a YouTube clip where I mean, not, not quite as much as the chaperone, but no, not not as a, no, not as the chaperone, but it's more effective and more more DPS because of how fast it fires. I saw people use a whole team use a kilo shotgun on Callus in their own place. No, 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 yeah, yeah, on a boss, yeah, but like on a Guardian. Chaperone like snipes people. Well, yeah, it's a good, it's a good shotgun. Colin knows about that. Hopefully, Colin is <laughs> listening to this. <sighs> Sucker, he hates when I use it. But uh, really good opinions, guys. I really love it when you guys just talk. You know what I mean? It makes it seem less. It seems it makes it seem more organic. I love that. Uh, and sometimes I even kind of switch my position on certain things depending upon what you say. So. If you guys have something to add, just say it or like wait till we're done and like feel free to interject. Say, hey, Wayne, you know, hey, I got something to say and, you know, say it, you know, um, I like it. That was good. Well, I, I do have uh, I so- do have two saved grounds on that one. Um, so I was going to say as far as like the Aikilos goes, if you guys don't know when trench barrel is activated, it significantly reduces the the damage fall off of range. Like significantly, so you have to be in their face. Uh, and the thing that makes that a challenge is if a team decides to do that, a uh, hopefully they're in a well or some kind of a healing environment because those the prime evils they stomp you and you still die. So, I mean, that's a high risk, high reward type scenario there. Um, and then even for that, you know, you get bumped out of your well, and especially if you're at the scorn place, dude, there's like a good chance you could end up dying by falling off because that happens regularly. Um, So you have to understand people that like hate on the Aikilos. You have to understand that the trench barrel does reduce range and all shotguns uh, that are not slug only have a 10 meter uh, blast radius. So. Mm, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. They they, they did that a few weeks back. Um, So only slug uh, projectiles actually shoot at a further distance. Um, right. I, I, and then okay. the last thing I want to say is, I don't know, like name, I don't know who the best, oh man, I think I just said, I don't know who the best, uh, you know, PVP or with a sleeper is. I'm sure there's like oh, some dude who makes YouTube clips, right? But going into Gambit against someone like that, I would be a little disgruntled. Now, knowing Adam, he could come at me with a sleeper all day, and I think I have a fair advantage with my weapon loadouts to take him out. Sorry, Adam. But the issue with Gambit still on the sleeper is that when you go into these matches, you don't know the skill level of these players. And I think that's what makes it annoying when sleeper's involved. Yeah, I can understand, but I think at the same time, it also makes it fun, too. Because, I mean... I don't know. Like, I, I, if you if you always know you're gonna be fighting against sweaties, then you're like, oh, can I get a break? Now, don't get me wrong. I just I like that. I think that's why I like quick play. It's I, it's funny now. Now that we're so used to six v six, it's like so chaotic. But um, I do enjoy, you know, the the sweatiness aspects of quick play. Sometimes we're fighting against a full fire team competitive. or a full one. Competitive. Yeah. Right. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I meant competitive. Uh, yeah. I, I like I like sometimes we're competitive. It's really hard. My favorite gameplay, I mean, my favorite game mode is doubles. 
I love doubles. Uh, I loved it in Destiny 1. I love it in Destiny 2. I'm a very competitive guy. I like the fact that, I don't know, it's, it's, it shows uh, the skill sibling is, is a little higher. Is a, you, have, you have a higher chance to uh, show what skill you have because it's only a 2v2. And uh, sometimes you get sweaty. Sometimes you may not, um, yeah. in my experience. So I, I like the flip and flop of something. Now, and I was only saying that in regards to Gambit, where, like, if you don't know what skill level this person may have, even if they have a sleeper, I, I can see your point how it can be frustrating. But at the same time, I can I, on the flip side, I'm like, hey, well, I kind of think that's kind of fun because I want to see how they can handle themselves. So sometimes you may not need a sleeper. Sometimes you do. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know. I, I like the spontaneous, you know, aspect of just skill gaming anyway to a certain No, degree. and I agree with you. I, I always enjoyed doubles myself. And even yesterday I was playing PvP or whenever it's nighttime for me and you guys are or daytime for me and you guys are asleep and they only loaded four on four and for quick play. And I'll tell you, it's been a while since I did four on four and I was like killing it because it was like one V ones, but just a lot of them. And then as soon as the other four people loaded in, it became like madness all of a sudden with people spawning behind you and this and that. And like your, your like tactics completely change and you stop doing, you know, it, it just becomes to like you shoot and run. It's kind of like a running gun to make sure nobody's like spawning and behind you anymore. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's ironic. Uh, as destiny Two PVP sandbox was changing, uh, you know, when they made quick play and they made it to a six V six playlist permanently, I'm like, Oh, yay. I was so excited because I was so used to this sweaty four V four boring, you know, uh, sandbox loadout. Uh, because there wasn't much variety, but uh, now that we're we're used to it, you know we have more variety. Six v six is so chaotic. Uh, yesterday, before we got on, before we played the raid, I just wanted to lose. I just I wanted the match to be over. I didn't care. I was like, this is too chaotic. Just kill me already. <laughs> uh, well, I think a lot of that has to do with the time to kill, though, too. Like four v four was before was boring. I think just because it was it the time to kill was slower. So everyone was staying together at a pack where now even in competitive, you can have one-on-ones where before it was, there were very few one-on-ones in four V four because it was ever, no one wanted to leave their group. They were all, you know, just huddled together with a long range weapon and just picking each other off. But now there tends to be a little more, I can sneak around and I feel confident that I can, you know, unless you happen to run into all four of them, but it's one of those, the flank is more effective now because if they're focused on maybe the other group, you can, you know, poke out, kill one and get back where before it took so long to kill one person, you couldn't kill them before the rest of the team turned and got you. Yeah. I don't miss that. So, I mean that, I think the time to kill changed the four V four where now four V four is more fun just because of that, where, I hated 4v4 before because of the, how slow it was. Right. I agree. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Saying it like that, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, Yeah, I agree. Uh, now that the time to kill is actually different now, it's swapped uh, from being, you know, uh, slower to – or actually from quick from, – from a quick time to kill. Yeah, quick time to kill. From a slow time to kill to a quick time to kill, yeah. So I'm glad. Yeah, that's absolutely correct in my opinion. I, I agree. Um, so uh, next, we're going to talk about masterwork farming. Uh, TJ, why don't you uh, take the lead on this conversation and tell us, you know, how you figured out your masterwork farming method and just lead with it. Go ahead. It was just a complete accident thing. I was catching up on some story on Mercury, and I happened to turn in a bunch of simulation seeds. I leveled up Brother Vance like seven times, and five out of those seven times, he gave me an old masterwork piece of gear. And I got to break down for cores. So right after that happened, I let you know you tried it. Seemed to work for you. Um, if you have a surplus of legendary shards, glimmer, all that stuff, it might be worth it for you to go to Spider, buy a bunch of that planetary material, go turn them in, see if you're having the same luck. I mean, I got a bunch of masterwork cores that way. I don't know how viable it is in the long run because you're still spending money to make money, basically. But masterwork cores are hard to come by right now, so... Everything else is pretty yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I, I agree. Like, I, I tried it my first try of taking some planetary materials to a vendor. I, I, got, a, I got a masterwork weapon my first try. 
And uh, it's been pretty consistent ever since. So I'm definitely going to try that tonight. So, yeah, I recommend for everybody, you know, for those of you that need Masterwork cores. And I know Bungie's going to do something about Masterwork cores uh, to make them more abundant. And I think they're going to change their name to match what they're being used for. So, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm happy about it because uh, just for those of the listeners that may not know, Masterwork cores are essential to leveling up or in, infusing gear and weapons to make something higher in terms of power. All right. And the last weapon. thing... Say it again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Unless you infuse the exact same item, you know, a duplicate, you know, then you're just, you know, then it, it won't cost you any, it won't cost you any uh, masterwork cores. You're just spending glimmer, which I think is, is yeah. cool. I think, I like that. Just give us, give us more of a Give us more of an, a window or an opportunity to get masterwork cores, and I won't really complain about the, you know, the the, the economy or how it really works. I'm okay with it. Same thing with uh, exotics. If you want to infuse an exotic into a legendary, it's just glimmer and material, like planetary material. Oh, I didn't. Know yeah, that. we Sweet. found that okay. out the other day. Um, but in addition, yeah. So the way that we're actually gonna get, uh, I'll call them infusion cores because that's I don't know what they're actually gonna be called. Um, you're going to do Spider's bounties. So all his normal bounties that he has will actually offer Masterwork cores. What? That's um, cool. In addition, and it should start on Tuesday. I believe they're coming out with a hot fix on Tuesday. I think that's a good move. I think that's a good yeah. move because, you know, we've gotten to the point now to where it's like, oh, you know what? Why am I going to hang out of the Tangled Shore? I'm just going to go in there by like two or three, like, Master mm-hmm. cores, and I'm going to go straight to the Dream City. I'm not even going to hang out at the Tangled Shore anymore. So I think it's a good move on their part. And they're they're doubling it up. So not only are they going to have these high value targets give you master records for completing their bounties, all lost sectors when you hover over them will tell you the name of the lost sector as long as you've already completed it. Oh, what? So you will know exactly where the drain is and where the error dock thing is. And you, you're it's going to make uh, getting that easier. Yeah. Um, so yes, instead of you know running down your glimmer and your uh, legendary shards to get maybe cores from these vendors on each planet. If you just wait it out a little bit longer, uh, the fix is coming. Um, what else am I going to say about Masterwork cores? Oh, another thing is I got 10 from hitting Legendary or Legend on Crucible yesterday. Yeah, see, I told uh, you, man. Yeah, that's, so, that's how I'm going to get my stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I know Joe plays PvP constantly, so he's probably swimming in cores. But someone like me, who I've been avoiding it a little bit here and there, I need to get back into it. But um, I, I mean, that bumped me from six to sixteen right there. So I'm back in business. Yeah, see, I was an idiot. (laughs) I was an idiot. I got like a crap ton of master cores, but then I was infusing like every ten seconds. So I have a whopping twelve master cores. I'm like, I don't even know how I'm gonna. I don't even know how I'm going to make it through the week, dude. Like, I'm going to be eating ramen, you know? Like, I'm out. I'm out, dude. That expired Cade's ramen ticket. (laughs) Yeah. Please take this. (laughs) Please take this. I have three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thanks for for sharing that, Joe. Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul, yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, I like that. I didn't actually see that in the TWAB, so that's that's what's up. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, so the last thing, uh, Joe actually brought this to my attention. He was talking about, and I think I actually, well, actually, you know what? I think I've heard a little bit about this before. It, it just was like for something else. Like, you know, people back in the day were paying for raid carries or to get to the lighthouse and destiny. Okay, like say back in well, the people, day, like it's never gone away. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know. Because, because destiny. Anyway, uh, people are paying, you know, for the broadsword or a uh, pulse rifle or, Luna's how hand cannon quest. Uh, is it okay or is it ridiculous? Should we get into it once you lead on this topic, Joe? Go ahead. So, just to guy, give you guys kind of like a background, the other day while I was driving all the way from Washington to Florida, which that's not a fun trip, just throwing that out there. I'm really looking forward to doing that again. Um, why was they like next to each other? Was, what's that? Aren't they like next to each other? Yeah, if you, you can. <laughs> You fold the map in half. If you fold the map in half, yeah. <laughs> together, yeah. Um, so anyhow, I was watching a bunch of videos on uh, all the new uh, guns you can get from Crucible. So Luna's Howl, Not Forgotten, Red Broadsword, Claymore. Um, 
And one of the things I stumbled upon when I was at a gas station uh, was that people are actually paying about five to six hundred dollars to get people to do the Redrix broadsword quest line for them, which I thought that's freaking insane because I'm almost done with it and I've just kind of been playing it like whenever I can. Uh, for Luna's Howl, I've seen upwards of like seven to eight hundred, and then for Not Forgotten, about the same. Um, my thought on it is like, okay, well, you may pay someone to get you the gun in like two weeks, but uh, you're not going to have the inherent skills to use it. You're just going to have it because most of these quest lines, you know, they kind of build up to you being able to use the weapon. Um, so they're kind of missing out on that. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of wanted to know what you guys' opinions were on those because one, that's a lot of money. And then two, it's like, all right, well, if someone knows that they're good at like Destiny or any video game, like, why would I fault them for trying to make a business off of that? But um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to know what you guys thought. Okay, TJ, why don't you start? I don't see an issue with it. I wouldn't personally do it, but I'll tell you right now, if I was consistent enough, to be able to do it for people, you bet I would charge them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand. I understand that the Broadsword Quest has five resets, but as you've already discovered, Joe, they don't have to be at the last step. They could have been do- like doing that the whole time. Right. So I, ideally, maybe it might take longer, maybe not, but it's actually easier than the claymore was to get so i don't understand Absolutely. how they charge the same amount because that's about what the going rate was for the claymore wasn't it? it yes it was and here's the thing so the people who've been like offering it um they're really feeding off of the like oh it's gonna take so long for you to jump in valor but if you remember like the other weekend what i jumped like two valor things in like a day when they had double xp that like first weekend yeah, for us like just like hey, I had nothing else going on today, so I just like cramped through it. Honestly, I probably should have had the gun already, but I just haven't been playing as much as I was at the beginning of uh, last month. But I don't know. I just yeah, I just kind of wanted to know what you guys thought, and then at the same time, I was like, hey, if we get really good, you know, we could like price cut and kind of undercut these other guys to like drag people. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'll tell you what I think. Um, so I agree with TJ. Um, if I wanted to do this and I was really good at it, you know, if I was like, if I was consistent with it and I'm doing it for like a lot of people, then of course I would actually consider and maybe actually start charging people for it because you know this is my time and I feel like my time is valuable. And I think it's you know it's fair, you know, to say that, yeah, why not? And some people think you know it's scummy you know, for you to charge people, but no, it's not because they have the option to not take and just get it themselves. Capitalism. So, uh, but I, but at the same time though, um, if I were to do it, um, I wouldn't charge, you know, so high because I know personally, I wouldn't spend that much to get it done. That's just because that's just my, that's my trade off. You know what I mean? So if I was were to do it, Okay. All right. Well, fine. I won't. I won't do six hundred, but I'll. I'll do. I'll do six hundred. I mean, I'll do a, a significant less. You know, charge if I want. If you want to get this done, you know what I mean. Maybe like a hundred, just for like the whole thing and me just dedicating to it. And plus, you have to consider, like, the person that you're paying. Are they always going to be on all the time? You know, you have to consider how often they're going to be playing. So if you're investing in someone to do you a favor, you may not get the gun for a while, depending upon you know, when they get to it, because you don't know what's going on in their lives. Yeah. So that's, that's, that, that trade-off is, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a slippery slope in terms of the, the consumer. Like, hey, I'll pay you to get this gun. And I'm like, well, yeah, that sounds good. But... Well, and there's a lot of factors that go in with it. So if you look at last season, competitive was super toxic, super shitty. Um, I want nothing to do with it. But along comes – a good guy named Phil and we had already previously, uh, you know, exchanged money while we were at PME and, you know, there was still money to be paid over. So I asked him, Hey, you already have the claymore. How hard was it for you to get it? Oh, it was super easy. Oh, really? You want to get it for me? I was like, we can just cut, we can just call it even for PME and you could just run it through and get it. And I even offered, I was like, I just need help probably. 
with the time zone thing. I'll, I'll do it on my own time. You do it on yours. Uh, and I offered to help him out with the solstice because I knew it would eat away at his time. Uh, it ended up he – but, again, I'm asking somebody who I know for, you know, in person. I know his stuff. Um, I know he's a good guy you can trust. So I didn't have to worry about, like, having some stranger on my account where my password is probably my password for everything else in my life. I know they say not to do that, but that's just how I roll. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it ended up where he started doing it. And then he was like, just, he's like, I'm doing really well. He's like, just don't worry about it. Like, don't, don't play. I don't want like anything like, because I mean, after a while you start playing, it gets harder and harder. Uh, he was soloing a lot in the beginning, but um, I think when he did his, he had like his buddies that are probably really good PVP players as well. So it probably was like less of a grind, but um, he was like, don't just don't mess up my streak pretty much. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. That's fine. Um, because I know he's like on his account, even when I helped him with his, what's it called? Uh, the summer solstice stuff. I was like, Hey, I'm not going to do your PVP stuff. Cause he's like super into like his KD and like, yeah who he plays with on his account. So I didn't even bother doing that stuff. And he's like, no, no, you can. I'm like, nah, I don't want to like go negative in mayhem and, you know, totally screw you over. Like, I, I don't care that much. Like, cause I'm not that adamant about PVP. Um, but now, so basically my point is, you know, you got to wonder who is on your account. And like, I just can't see a kid spending $600 for a weapon. So who's this client? getting his or who are the clients it's got to be adults that's my guess it's got to be somebody who's making money to spend money um but yeah i I just can't see like you know middle schoolers even high schoolers spending that kind of cash they're probably the ones making the cash to be honest (laughs) right (laughs) yo (laughs) i look straight up though so if my kid was doing that at my house yeah, that, that money's coming in my pocket too, cause uh, that's rent, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, yeah. if, if you're the parent, right, and that you have this high school kid, and that's his job, maybe is I'm gonna play video games at night, carry people through raids, do this, do that. Which even carrying somebody through a raid right now is expensive. Yeah. Like I follow this one dude on Instagram just because he's constantly posting, so like he's on top of it all the time, and. He's like, oh, we just completed, you know, last wish. And now we're now accepting offers for all three platforms and DM for details. But like I've seen him post stuff even when it was like Prestige Callus, when people were trying to do the Solstice stuff. And he was asking for like, you know, 100, 200 bucks for a Prestige run. And I'm like, who would pay that? Like, there's but I get it. Does. get it. There's people that just don't have plan. They don't have friends capable. I mean, I know a lot of people that I just like, I wonder how they even, you know, got past the story mode, but. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to wrap this up, you know, really soon. It's uh, it's reaching an hour. We're at 48 minutes. Um, Adam, did you have anything you wanted to say? Mm, not really. I just, the only thing I worry about with that is how does it work to pay like a deposit up front? <laughs> Adam's and then, like online right now. <laughs> No, no, no way in hell. Give $600 and then they take your like information, log into your account, and then there's a timeline that they're supposed to get it in. So, like, five days. But I, what if they don't? How does it like, would they refund so, it? How unless do you the get websites that have read, unless the websites have read, there's really no guarantee other than just like, I guess you could call your bank and be like, hey, I didn't, I didn't make that charge. Or something. Yeah. No, there's, well, I mean, think about it this some way. of them. They're pre- gonna take. They're gonna have a whole bunch of people doing this. You can't do it with one person, right? Right. So they have probably, we'll say, at least fifty guardians across three platforms that probably play. Right. So yeah. now, if four people sign up, that means they're taking four dudes who probably all have over like a two point oh, two point five KD, and they're all hopping on different accounts, but they're all still really good players playing together. So they're knocking it out super fast. Yeah, but here, so here's the thing, though. So there's fine print on most of those websites. So I looked at like three different websites. One was like Trip is for Destiny, um, Backpackers, and like something else. Um, they all had like fine print that was like, hey, you know, I, 
it basically like, hey, we stay like five days, but times may vary based off of like scheduling or something like that. So that this is kind of one of those loopholes where it's just like, hey, uh, maybe a month, you know, like, but I'm still going to take your six hundred dollars. So enjoy the waiting line. But is there ever a time where they're like they don't get it and then you're just out six hundred bucks and you don't get it? I mean, who knows? I don't know how in depth with like the legal part of this is, but I mean, if you're giving somebody money for yeah. something that's not completely guaranteed because of the way they write their contract up, like I don't see it's a risk. It's really Adam, awesome. you should try it and let us know. Yeah, no, us know. I'm good. I'm I'm good at spending my money on Lego, so. Well, here's the last thing I want to say about it. Hopefully I remember. Yo, what were you just saying? It was something that you were just saying. For for what now? For was it time based? Um Yeah, so 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 their their leading argument on most of them is like, hey, we'll get the whatever in like five days. But then they'll have a caveat in the fine print, you know, kinda like those car commercials where they have like the really super fine print that's like in the background. And it's yeah. like times may vary, like, uh, you know, it may take way longer than like five days or something. It's like, oh, okay, well, good luck. And I had another comment. I just can't think. I thought maybe if you said that again, I'd remember it. Adam, what were you saying about it, though? I don't know. I just, that, it's interesting that people would pay that much with no actual guarantee that they're going to get it. Well, and then there's no guarantee that they'll be good with it when they get it, too, you know? I mean, oh, I yeah. They get this hand cannon, but then they're, like, trash the hand cannon. Like, oh, well, you're out. 600 bucks. $800. So, yeah, again, like, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I love this game, and it's fun to play. I don't know how anyone can justify spending $600 on a gun. <laughs> a fake gun. Yeah, yeah, a fake gun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously a real gun, you know easy but <laughs> all right okay guys so we're gonna cut it off here uh but thank you everyone for uh, listening to the orbs for days clan podcast uh, we want to thank tj aka solar grimoire for uh being our guest tonight thanks man i thanks for uh, thanks for coming in man i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me guys yeah absolutely yeah and uh, hopefully we'll see you more in the future uh we're trying to get more guest on the show uh definitely people that are in our clan but hey as as we grow we may get more people that want to talk to us and if you know someone that's really into destiny or you know want to have their opinion put out there we can try to you know create something uh we'll get something down packed but uh yeah thank you everyone thank you everyone for joining and uh, listening and until then we will see you guys in orbit bye-bye Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. We really appreciate that, as always. If you guys want to check us out on other social platforms, feel free to do so on Instagram and Facebook. You can just type in Orbs for Days and you'll just find it. Also, if you want to check us out on other podcast platforms, whether you have Android or iPhone, there's Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and even Spotify. Also, if you want to keep updated with uh, content creation or podcast uploads and times, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Wayne01193. And also, if you want to check me out live on Twitch, you can also follow me on Wayne01193, acting a fool. So you guys have a good one. Appreciate it.